March 14th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin, 10 lines from the bottom, four words before the end of the line. If you recall, the Gemara is in the context of talking, of course, about Sheva, Mitzvot, B'nai Noach, but we specifically mentioned the Beraita, and in that Beraita, we recorded several halachot. We talked about the specifics with regards to thievery and robbery. The Beraita mentioned how by a kuti le kuti, or a kuti le Israel, a kuti, should be translated not only as someone who's from Kuta, uh, but as a Nochri. That's the context of the Gemara. Gemara refers to it as Kuti, but it's really referring to all B'nai Noach. Of course, that's the Sugya, it's B'nai Noach, it's non-Jews. In the circumstances of Gezela or Geneva or Yefatoar, if you recall, and then the Beraita said, Bahem, and the like. For all of those matters, a non-Jew who does this to another non-Jew or to a Yisrael, there's a punishment of death. If it was a Yisrael Likuti, Yisrael to a non-Jew, in that circumstance, there's no punishability by death. There might not even be a violation. There might not even be a prohibition. That, we said, is a discussion that's beyond our page. Rashid brings it up from the Gemara Masechet Badakama. But the Gemara was wondering, the Gemara could not understand what's Kayose Bahem. When we talk about and the like of Gezela, of Geneva, of Yifatoar, and by extension in a moment or two by Shifichut Amim, what's Kayose Bahem that Nanju is warned about? Says the Gemara, Ela Amara Papa. We had attempted one explanation at the end of class last week, but here we go for the next one. The suggestion is that the circumstances that the robbery, the thievery was pahot mishave peruta. Shave peruta is in our contemporary society best recognized by what takes place under the chupa as the hatan hands the ring or the coin to the kala. Uh, hands it first to the edim, to the witnesses, to determine whether it's a shave peruta. What's a shave peruta? A very small amount of money. As a result, the assumption is, if the gezelav, the geneva, was pahot mi shave peruta, if it's to a Yisrael, if it's a Yisraeli Israel by extension, in such a circumstance, we, ass- we assume there's mechila. We assume Yisrael or b'nei mechila. We're going to, uh, w- without a doubt, uh, forgive that thievery, that robbery. It took such a small amount from me. It's not even necessary. It's not- even Gezela, you walked at me with the gun and you took my plastic, my paper cup. Such a circumstance, the assumption is I'm mohel. That's a paper cup, ultimately speaking. Uh, so maybe li- the, the trauma is a lot worse than the, uh, the, than the thievery. However, by an akum, by a benoach more specifically, in such a circumstance, they're going to be killed. They stole a paper cup. In such a circumstance, why so? Because the assumption is that they're not b'nei mechila. They're not going to forgive Yisrael. The Gemara says in Masechet Yivamot, are bayshanim, are gomle hasadim. They're individuals who have they're instilled with these sorts of character traits. As a result, they'll be mochel. That's the explanation later on. By an akum, by a benoch, who doesn't have such characteristics, at least not innate in our halachic vision, we'll say that in such a circumstance, nehirag, iha says the Gemara, if that's so, kuti bi Yisrael asur. 
If the, if the circumstance is what we're talking about, kayosebo is when you stole pahot mishabe peruta. Well, if the non-Jew stole from Yisrael, and you just told me, I just told you a moment ago, Yisrael is a ben mechila. We're the ones who would forgive that. So then, how come we said? I understand if it's a kuti who stole from a kuti, but a, a non-Jew who stole from a Yisrael. You just told me Yisrael's ben mechila. Ha bar mechilahu. In such a circumstance, the Yisrael is a bar mechila. We talk about a ben Torah very often. A ben Torah doesn't mean that they're a child per se of the Torah. It's an individual who uh, has distilled within them the characteristics of what it means to be a Torah person. As a result, when we talk about bar mechila, don't actually mean the child of mechila. I mean it's an individual, and that's our assumption. All Yisrael who are instilled with the characteristics of I'm willing to forego small amounts in order to uh, further our relationship. Well, anyway, says the Gemara, if that's the case, I don't understand that halacha. It's a beautiful interpretation. The kayoseh by him, that when you told me that, by extension, gezela, geneva, is even if it's pahot mishaveh peruta, but not if it's from a Yisrael. If it's from a Yisrael, they shouldn't be put to death for that. He's bar mechila, says the Gemara, nehi granted de batar hakeh, that after the fact. Hakeh means this, batar means after. After the act of thievery, mahile. The Israel does and will forgive. After all, you took my paper cup. What's the big deal? Nonetheless, sa'ara b'sha'ate. Sa'ara, of course, means sorrow, pain. B'sha'ate, in the moment, miletle. Is there not? Which means to say, in the moment where the non-Jew stole from me my paper cup. So it's true. It's certain that I'm going to forgive it. Whether it was with a gun to my head or he did it behind my back. In the moment, there's a little bit of tzar. In the moment, my goodness, I had my paper cup a moment ago. I was interested in drinking coffee. All right, no kapara. However, in that moment, prior to the expression of kapara, there is thievery. It's true I'm going to be mohel, but ultimately speaking, it's considered, considered for the benoah punishable by death. The fact that he stole it, and it was a significant thievery to that extent. It's true, there is no hashava, there's no giving it back. I say I was already mohel, but in that moment, it was a wrongful act because of the tsar that he gave me. What's that? If it's a Jew to a Jew, important, qu- important question. If it's a Jew to a Jew, says, says Jeffrey, isn't there in the moment sa'ara as well? A Jew- Excuse me, Rashi explains a Jew to a Jew, I'm going to be dealing with specifically the halachic ramifications of what Gezela and Genevai are. In other words, I'm not determining was this, quote, a wrongful act punishable. Is this Gezela? The way we determine that is, is it bar hashava? Is it possible for you to then give it back? Is it oblig- obligatory now for you to give it back? The fact that he stole the paper cup and it was pachot mishabeh peruta. And yes, there was a pain in the moment, but then I said kapara, you no longer have, giving it back to me is a present. It's not giving back something that was mine, explains Rashi. As a result, it wasn't gezela. And therefore, a Jew to a Jew is not even quote unquote forbidden in such a circumstance because it's not gezela. Again, says the Gemara, Ihachef, this is so cool. Tibi Israel Asur Habar Mechilahu answers the Gemara Nihi granted the Batar Hakem Mahile Saara Beshaate Miletle says the Gemara Kuti Bekuti 
כיוצא בהן כיוון דלאו בני מחילה נינו, since when we assume that a non-Jew to a non-Jew stealing one from the other in such a circumstance, since we're determined that they're not בני מחילה, we don't assume that they would just forgive, גזל מעליהו for them in their circumstance, since there was never a מחילה, it's a, it's a matter which is considered gezel me'aliyah. Well, that's a question of the Gemara. If it's gezel me'aliyah, it's not kayot And Do you understand? The point is, we mentioned a list of the real cases. The gezela, the geneva, the ifatoa. And then we said, and by the way, there are other circumstances, kayot the like. You just told me, based on your technicalities, this isn't the like. It's true by a Yisrael, it wouldn't play out the same way. But a non-Jew to a non-Jew, what's the difference between stealing the paper cup and stealing a billion dollars? Ultimately speaking, you're telling me they're both Gezelah. The only distinguishing factor, as Jeffrey pointed out a moment ago, is the fact that by a Yisrael he would forgive it. If by a Yisrael he would forgive it, so it's not considered Gezel. It's not considered thievery in the first place. If by a non-Jew we assume that they're not going to forgive it, it was Gezelah. So why are you distinguishing? Because in the world of Yisrael it's different. That's the question of the Gemara. Kuti bekuti. Shave peruta. For a non-Jew, exactly, exactly. So, and after the Gemara, quote unquote, kuti be kuti kayose bahen, kuti be kuti. You're calling that kayose bahen. You're calling that and the like, the etc. The dot dot dot. Kevan de lab ben hamechilaninu. Once you're establishing a pihalacha. That's not to say that all non-Jews are love b'nei mechila. It means within our realm of halakha, our assumption is they're not being to, going to be mohel, which is absolutely okay. This is not a psychological determination of uh, the person and the personality. This is a halachic terminology, a halachic decision. So we're back to square one. We can't find a situation, a circumstance that I would deem we would merit And Again, a non-Jew is not allowed to steal, not allowed to commit it uh, to a straight face-to-face or behind their back, they're not allowed to steal a person, that's the Yifatoa. And then we had Kayosebahen, Viken Kayosebahen, and so too the, the like. We can't figure out what the like is. It doesn't seem to be a gray area. We're looking for an area which, on the one hand, I'd imagine I'd determine it's not really stealing, but on the other hand, we're going to treat it as stealing for them right now. Within our methodology, we can't consider anything such. is the payment you have to give to a person who's an employee. And the halacha is, of course, you have to give it in the appropriate time. What if you're kovesh? Kovesh means to suppress. You don't pay the person. Now, in such a circumstance, as Rashi points out, in general, we have a pasuk by Binayahu, the pasuk is that you need to directly steal. In other words, in order for something to be considered thievery, it needs to be taking something. Over here, Kivyachol, using similar words, it's Sheva Ta'ase, you're just not giving. It is that, guys, but I'm not taking something from it. As a result, you can't call it in the strict Terminology without an action, it's not called gezela, right? The pasuk is that he took the hanit, he took the item. What's that? A hundred percent, but you didn't physically take an object from him, and as a result, terminology, it's not gezela, it's not geneva, it's not yifato. As a result, says the Gemara, that's kayote, don't get me wrong, it's going to be punished, it's going to be punished by death, he did the wrong thing. But ultimately speaking, I can call that comfortably kayotebo. 
because it's not the regular terminology. The regular terminology the Gemara has in in in, in uh, several places is doreshit from a pasuk that it's that it has to be an actual activity in which I'm taking something from the person. That's what Rashi quotes the Gemara in Masech Bava Kamandav Aintet, Vaigzol etehanit miyad hamisri. That's by Benayahu. He takes, he stole the hanit from the misri. It's active, it's taking something with my hands, with my body. As a result, over here in this circumstance, yes, it's wrong. Certainly, it's prohibited. Punishable by death for the non Jew. However, we're not going to call it quote unquote Gezela, we're going to call it. Kayosebo says the Gemara Kuti Bikuti Vikuti Israel Asur, Israel Bikuti Mutar. And in turn, that's how the Halachot are going to work out. A Nanju from a Nanju, Asur, punishable. Nanju from Israel, of course, Asur, punishable. Israel from Kuti, from a Nanju. And that's what we discussed and determined and understood somewhat last time. That's going to be Mutar. Okay, so we established. Absolutely still owes the money. Absolutely still owes the money. No punishment and no punishment and uh, it's hard to call it specifically a violation. Again, that's the uh, that's the that's the larger conversation of Gezel Akum uh, in in circumstance. It's certainly at the very least, as Rashi says, Asumid Rabbanan, perhaps and according to most, uh, considered even more than that. But again, not punishable by death, certainly for Yisrael and Ochri. Says the Gemara, well, I've now understood, I've established, Gezel, Geneva, I kind of understand what the Kayotzebo, by the way, this is really Gezela, this isn't Geneva. This is directly face to face, saying to the guy, take a hike, but I did work for you, go take a hike. That's Gezela, face to face, you're not doing it behind his back. That's what Rashi points out, we really didn't find a Kayotzebo by Geneva, we found a Kayotzebo and the like by Gezela, which again, if you remember, is the direct face-to-face encounter in which you're taking the person's money. Over here, it's a face-to-face encounter in which you're not awarding the person the money that they deserve. Okay, so we found it by Gezela. We'll never find it, says Rashi, by Geneva. Onward. What about Yifator? Yifator was the circumstance where you're taking the person's wife, a non-Jewish wife. Well, in such a circumstance, we said, Kuti le Kuti is asu and punishable by death. Kuti le Yisrael in some ways punishable by death as well. Yisrael Kuti is not so. Well, what's the case? What's the Kayosebo? Uh, what's the Kayosebo by Fatuar? Answers the Gemara, it must be Kiatar Avdimi, when Avdimi arrived from Eris Yisrael, Amar Bilazar, Amar Bihanina, Benoach Shiyhed Shivhale Abdo. If a non-Jew has a slave, and he designates for that slave a wife, a Shivha. So it's going to be the slave's wife, an Eved Kna'ani, and a Shivha Kna'anit, Uba Aleha. And then the non Jew has relations with that slave's wife of his, call it a maidservant, whatever it is. In that circumstance, that's the Kayotsebo. It's not a regular Eshet Ish, even by a non Jew. It's not uh, Christopher with his next door neighbor, Tom, and his wife, or something like that. It's the fellow, it's Chris's slave's wife, whom he owns. He owns both of them in such a circumstance. He has relations with his slave's wife that 
Says Rashi, in his understanding, it's not a regular ishut. In that situation, ishut alef yod shin vav taf, in other words, marriage circumstance, it's dealing with slaves who are involved. We'd call it at most zenut, suggests Rashi. There's a mahlok between Rashi and Rabbeinu Nisim on this matter. But that being the case, well, in this circumstance, we're going to call that kayosepo. It's not actually going to a be'ulat ba'al, to a regular circumstance of ishut. It's going to the slave. It's not a non-Jew, this is a slave. It's a slave, it's a slave. It's a slave and the slave's wife. That's what it is. That's exactly the point. If it was the non-Jew to another non-Jew and his wife, okay, that's what we were talking about, Yifator. That's stage number one. This is Kayosebo. This is beyond that. Remember, by Geneva, what's the Kayosebo? What's the Begezela? What's the Ka- So that's the suggestion over here. In such a circumstance, again, Benoach, she had le abdo, ba'alea, neherag, alea, Kayosebo. Okay, that's it. And now, of course, you might ask, so what about the Yisrael to the Nochri? Yeah, the Yisrael to the Nochri is not right. It's wrongful activity, but it's not prohibited in the same respect. It's not going to be considered the same. Says the Gemara, Kayosebo Tamim. All right, so now I'm up to my last one. You're talking about all these and the likes. You told me uh, murder is as well forbidden. It's one of the Sheva Mitzvot Benenoch. And you said not only murder, but Kayosebo, similar acts are punishable by death for the non-Jew. What's a similar act? Murder is an all-or-nothing endeavor. It's yes or no. Is this considered murder or not? Says the Gemara, Says the Gemara, we don't have such a, we would never mention in What's that? That's an interesting idea. I did think about that myself. I didn't, I didn't look up carefully to see if the Mephashim discussed it. The Gemara has a different suggestion, but said, uh, said Nathan, basing himself on the Gemara, Masechet Sota, it says a person who's Malbim Pene Havero Barabim is Ki'ilu Shofech Damim. So this is maybe we're referring to embarrassment. It, it's only, you see, that Gemara, there's an important question Tosafot addresses. To what extent is it actually Ki'ilu Shofech Damim? To the extent that, for example, What's that? Okay, certainly not going to punish him by death. What about the following? Someone puts a gun to, you, to my head and says to me, embarrass Abi or I'll kill you. Now, if he says to me, kill Abi or I'll kill you, I take the bullet. He says, embarrass Abi or I'll kill you. Tosafot's assumption. What's that? Tosafot's assumption is I take a bullet to my head. It's an amazing Tosafot. Masechet Sotar, Yonan, others disagree. But uh, so in other words, that, that's a strong argument. But ultimately speaking, as Judah said, we don't actually consider it murder to the extent that I get punished by death. Say, if, if I were to embarrass a person, certainly I'd be in a lot of trouble if that was the case. What's that? No, 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 that's Tosafot's opinion. So it's, a, it's a shocking Tosafot, because Tosafot's question is, why do you only have, whatever, anyway, we'll, we'll learn Masech, it's what one day. What's that? Accidental. accidental death isn't going to be enough over here. We're talking about Shvichut Right. So we're looking for an actual murder, uh, cold blood. Now, it, there will be, on Dafnun Zayin Amud Bet, the Gemara will talk about the fact that a Benoch doesn't need Hatra'ah, doesn't need a warning. We kind of saw that already on Dafnun Vav as well. And the Rishonim will debate, does that mean, since they don't need a warning, that if it's objectively Bishogeh, and there are objective circumstances, Mishnayot HaMasech Makot, described in the second Perek, objective circumstances of Bishogeh. Is that punishable by death? You understand what I'm saying? In other words, the hatras, they have hin ben shogeg lemezid. So uncertain, the guy, if, if, his, if his, there was the, the trigger was too greasy or something like that. But what if the circumstance is such that we're certain it's bishogeg? It's an important question which we'll hopefully address 
briefly over there, but it's not going to work for us over here because here we're talking about Shvichut Tamim. Says the Gemara Lotanya, we weren't talking about that in the Biraita. Says Abaye, maybe we were. Amar Abaye, Imishkahat, if you were to find the circumstance where there is Kayozebo, I'll tell you what it would be. It would be the Tanya, it would be the circumstance of Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul. Amazing name. His name was Yonatan ben Shaul. This is long after the actual Yonatan ben Shaul of our Navi. His name was Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul. Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul, he did Tanya reminds me of my name. My name is Abraham Eliezer. My first name is Abraham. My middle name is, you know, the slave of Abraham. My brother's name is David Yonatan. It's perfect, David and Yonatan. Anyway, here it's Yonatan, Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul. He did Tanya, as the Beraita teaches. Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul omer, Rodef ahar havero lehorgo neherag alav, period. The halacha, according to Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul, goes as follows. If... Reuven is chasing after Shimon to kill him. The halakha in such a circumstance is Shimon can, in a regular situation, turn around and put a bullet in Reuven's head. Reuven is what's called the Rodef. He's chasing after the Mishnah will tell us later on. If a person's running after you to kill you, self-defense dictates from the Torah that you defend yourself even if it means killing the person. What if you can objectively determine in the moment that as he's running after you, I can turn around and put a bullet in his legs. I'll put a bullet in his legs. I'll save my life. I'll take him out. But instead of doing so, you put a bullet in his head and you kill him. What's the halacha for you, the nirdaf shim'on in such a circumstance? Says Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul, and he's doreshe from Pesukim, and the halacha is neherag alav. You are punished by death, but I was just defending myself too far. You didn't need to defend yourself to that extent. There's always cases in the news of such a circumstance. In other words, the person entered into the house, it's an intruder, and somehow we determined that they could have saved themselves by taking the guy out without killing them. They could have beaten them up, but instead they put a bullet in them. What's the halakha in such a Bionatan ben Shaul who's cholek and hachamim there on the fa'in dalit? His opinion is neherag alav, says Rabbi Maybe that's the circumstance. That's the kayosebo. It's not a regular circumstance of cold-blooded murder. You were defending yourself, but you could have defended yourself in a way in which you didn't kill. That's what we're talking about, neherag alav, for the benoah and so forth, the Yisrael lenochri in that circumstance would not be punishable by death. Are all that being the case, we've now set to rest all of those circumstances of situations in which Kayosebo, the Gezela, the Geneva, the Yifatoa, and the Shefichut Amin by Ben Noach, not only the specific act, the most easily defined act, but even the and the like cases are also prohibited and punishable by death for Ben Noach. Says the Gemara, but we have more details to address with regards to the Sheva Misfot Noah, I want to understand, says the Gemara, how do, you, how do you conduct the proceedings in court? I know by Yisrael you need 23 judges, I know that you need a warning, you need two witnesses, I know a lot of the details. What about by B'nai Noah? You told me we're set, we want them to set up their own court system, we're going to judge, how's this judgment going to work, exactly like ours? Or will it be different for some reason, says the Gemara, Ashkah Rabbi Yaakov Baraha Dahavaketiv Besefer Agadita de Berav. Ashkach means found. Rabbi Yaakov Baraha found. Written in Sefer Agadita. Some sort of book of it's going to be anything but Agada over here. Agada, generally speaking, is stories of some sort of the Beit Midrash of Rav. Okay, the Beit Midrash of Rav was an important Beit Midrash. He found in some sort of book. That's interesting already. There's a 
longer, different conversation for another time. The question is, how much was being written in this time period? Now, Bet Midrash of Rav, we can understand this generation of, of Emoraim, but how much was being written? When they're quoting Beraitot, they're quoting from written texts at this juncture? Or it's still Baal Peh. This is an important question. It's a mahlokit between Arambam and Rashi. What was written during the time of Talmud already? Because after all, it was supposed to be this. We're familiar with Gemara Masechet Kitin and Dafsamech makes clear. Ideally, Torah Baal Peh was supposed to say, stay Torah Baal Peh. We were forgetting, we weren't going to be able to uphold the tradition. We had to write down at what juncture we know to be Udahanasi puts together Mishnayot, at what juncture was everything starting to be written. And the question is, what sort of books were permitted? Certainly, Piske Halacha books for the Posek were permitted. There's always debates. It's from Tunus Halt and Igeret Rav Shiriraga. Okay, longer conversation. Anyway, he finds in this book, the Sefer Agadav of the Ben Midrash of Rav, the following Ben Noah. A single judge is sufficient, not 23, in order to judge and put to death. A single witness, not two, for a Ben Noah. No warning is necessary. Keep in mind for Yisrael, not only is a warning necessary, according to everyone other than one opinion, Rabbi Uda, what's his name, Rabbi Uda ben, ben Betera, I believe, as a... According to everyone, there needs to be an acceptance of the warning as well, right? And there's a person who's about to do the sin, he says, I know what I'm doing and I accept it. By a Benoah, you don't need any issuing of a hatra'ah, of a warning at all. It needs to be the testimony, the judgment needs to be it needs to be from the mouth of a man as opposed to a woman. That we have by Yisrael as well. The Gemara will make a derashat. That's, uh, that's a relevant halacha as well by a benach. Whereas we have all these, not leniencies, it's really stringencies that it's just one and one without a hatra, but ish stands, stands its ground. Va'afilu karov. However, whereas by Yisrael, there can't be any kirobim, can't be any relatives involved in the proceedings against this person, both witnesses as well as judges. Uh, by a benenoach, karov is okay. Lastly, mishum rabbi shma'el amru, there's another difference between Yisrael and Bnei Noach, af al ha'ubarin, even for the unbirthed children, which means to say if a woman is pregnant and a person, a non-Jew, comes along and kills that uh, baby, in, that internal baby, the baby who has not yet been, uh, the woman hasn't given birth to him or her in such a circumstance, whereas by Yisrael it's not punishable by death, it's Pesukim and Parashat Mishpatim. Nonetheless, by a, uh, by a non-Jew, that's considered uh, murder. And as a result, they're put to death for that. All right, the Gemara will break down all of these. But that's a lot of differences. Again, the number of judges, the non-hatra'a. Okay, the man as opposed to woman stayed. Karob is involved. That's a hidush, a relative. And Ubarin, the unbirthed babies, are, uh, are uh, you, you get punishable, punished by that as well. Says the Gemara, let's break about a lot of this down. Maybe not the logic yet, but at the very least, let's get sourcing for this. From where are these words? What's the source for this? What's the makor for each of these halachot? It's Rabbi Ishmael. We're listing the differences between Yisrael and B'nai Noah. Yeah, one was just based on why you, you know, you know how one, one witness. Right. So, right. It's, I hear you. It's going to be Nidrash from the same pasuk. So maybe that's the reason. Ultimately speaking, the source is going to be the same same source. So maybe that's why God entered. 
Alternatively, maybe the Beraita really had a lot more, and we're just mentioning Rabbi Ishmael, and others, but you are right, the, the baby is, is a little bit more technical than the rest of the general details. So it goes, says the Gemara, Amar Amar Kera, says it's this Pasuk in Parashat Noah, immediately before that Pasuk that we've talked about more than once and we'll return to in a moment or two of Shofech Dam Ha'adam Ba'adam Damo Yishafech, the Pasuk says, Ve'ach, this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaking to Noah and his descendants after the Mabu, says, Ve'ach, et dimchem lenafshotechem edrosh miyad kol haya edreshenu. Miyad ha'adam, miyad ish ahiv edrosh et nefesh ha'adam. Loosely translated for our purposes as, you should know, your blood for your souls, I will demand. From all living beings, I will demand it. And from human beings, from other men, ish ahiv, quote unquote, of their brothers, I will demand it, the nefesh adam, the soul of a human being. There's a lot of references in a pasuk which seems somewhat redundant. The living beings, the human beings, the men, the human beings, the brothers, all of this effectively amounting to, if you go after another person, I will ransom that, says God, so to speak. And we're going to understand this within the context of the deen of Ben Enoch. It's not only HaKadosh Baruch Hu promising to ransom the blood, <coughs> it's him explaining in a veiled fashion <coughs> the way in which you, as human beings, should be doing so. So here it goes. Miyad ach etimchem lenafshotechem edrosh. The pasuk, although HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaking in first person, says, I will demand it. The understanding is, not only will I understand, uh, demand it, but a singular being can demand it. Either me or a dayan of human beings. I'll demand it. If there's a wrongful murder, if there's taking of life another, it can be nidrash, it can be demanded, in other words, ex- uh, exacted the revenge in this circumstance by a single person or being. Kadosh Baruch Hu is stating it about himself. It's afilu b'dayan ehad. Continues the Dirasha, Miyad Kol Haya, from all living beings. Sounds like in any circumstance, what's with the living beings business? Even if there wasn't a warning. In other words, it seems to be saying any case where a life is taken. This comes back again. I know we've done this a lot of times and needs to be done a lot more times until it's crystallized that the concept seems to be emerging in the eyes of the Hachamim with regards to B'nai Noach. It's not about, whereas when we talk about Yisrael, it's all about what was the intentionality. What was the activity when I look at it and I determine what was your wrongful action? That's what the process, what went into it for B'nai Noach. It's really, it's the outcome. You killed the person, Edrosh. And as a result, What do you mean, It means if there's a death on the ground, we're going to put you to death for that. That is what took place. We need to govern this society and this world um, platform in a fashion in which we bring forth justice at all expenses, whether that was your intentionality or not. We're not getting into that. That's Edreshenu. Umiyad ha'adam. So it's an interesting derasha. They read these words, although you stop at it, edreshenu if you're Baal Koreh, but we read edreshenu miyad kol adam avilu be'edehad. So the derasha is that miyad kol adam is the derasha, the derisha of the hayim, of the, of the person's life, will be miyad ha'adam. Even from a single person, the understanding, the derasha is even with one witness. Miyad ish velo miyad isha, and then the pasuk talks about ish, 
and the derasha is a man as opposed to a woman. Ahiv, then the pasuk mentions ish ahiv, which of course, generally speaking, means of your people. Over here, the derasha will be afilukarov. The derasha is your brother. Literally, your brother could be involved in this case, even if he's related. Okay, so that's how we dealt with, uh, in a technical sense, each of those derashot. What about this Rabbi Ishmael business at the end, if you recall? So we said all the difference between B'nai Noach and Yisrael, but then Rabbi Ishmael added one, surprising, a little bit out of character of the Beraita, as Nathan pointed out. What's the Rabbi Ishmael statement? Shum Rabbi Ishmael amruv af al ha'ubarin. So that one we didn't find sourcing for. Now, before we move onward, it's Mishnah Masech Nida and Daf Mem It's Mishnah that they quote from Masechet Aholot as well. That generally speaking, the fetus or beyond the fetus, the baby within within the mother's within the mother's womb is not considered a nefesh in the full sense of the word. Now, that's not that's not. Don't walk out and say I'm permitting abortion. It's not so. There's circumstances and situations and so forth. But to the extent that a person's liable for death penalty if they kill, we don't say that. We say who knows? Maybe the baby would not or will not be born in the regular health. Fashion. Now, of course, the majority of the cases, certainly today, but generally speaking, historically, is that it will be. Nonetheless, that's the halacha. When it comes to a non-Jew, the statement over here is, Afilo alha ubarin, says the Gemara, what's the reasoning for Rabbi Ishmael? Answers the Gemara, it's the next pasuk in the Torah, Dikhtiv, shofech dam ha'adam, ba'adam damo yishafech. Listen to the words again. If you spill the blood of a person in a person, that's how he's reading it, well, then your blood gets uh, spilled. What's the blood of a person in a person? What's dam ha'adam ba'adam? Well, it must be that it's a person in a person. It's a baby. That's the derasha. And this is mentioned specifically to B'nai Noach. That's the derasha. Trust me that we have a better derasha in just a few moments of this. So as the Gemara, Dikhtiv, Shofich, Dam Ha'adam, Ba'adam, you're spilling the blood of a person in a person. That person's blood is is, is uh, shed, you know, is, is, is exacted. Adam Adam. What's a human being within a human being? That's the circumstance of the baby within the womb of his or her mother. Says the Gemara. What about the Hachamim who disagree with this? How do they read the pasuk of Shofech Dam Ha'Adam Ba'Adam? What's the Ba'Adam? Says the Gemara. Tanakama, the dissenting opinion against Rabbi Ishmael, who assume it needs to be. An adult in order to be put to death. What's their opinion? How do they explain Shofech Dam Ha'adam Ba'adam? Tanad Menasheh They'd follow the opinion of the Beit Midrash of Menasheh De'Amar Kol Mitah Amura Libnei Noach Eno Ela Chenek Veshadele Hai Ba'adam Asefe Dekra Vedarush Behache Ba'adam Damo Yishafech Ezu Shvichut Amim Shal Adam Shu Begufo Shal Adam Heve Omer Zechenek. Here's how they read it. Here's how it goes according to Tanad Menasheh. It goes like this. How how is it that you're putting this person to death? How is it that this person gets the death penalty when I'm dealing with B'nai Noach? Chenek, with strangulation. Now, we haven't necessarily been assuming that until now. Who told you Chenek? Who told you Chenek? How did they get it? Because they read it as Ba'adam damo yishafech. The death penalty needs to be an internal blood death penalty of this person. What do you mean internal? Any of the other ones, Sekila, Serefa, Herig, is something external. Henek, strangulation, is the internal death of that person. That's the derasha, which means, say, ultimately speaking, Bishmael, Hachamim, or Holek, on how to read that extra hard to understand word of Ba'adam. Is it the human being inside the human being? That's the person for even he or she, you get put to death. Or is it that's the way in which 
which you put them to death. Ba'adam, da'moyisatech, baruch Adonai de'alam. Amen, ve'amen.